Welcome to Living Social Justice Podcast, an initiative of Common Ground Church and Common Good, where we explore our lifestyle response to topics of social justice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society. Welcome to the Living Social Justice Podcast. Uh, this particular series that we're looking at is how to integrate our faith with the big issue of land in Cape Town and in South Africa. And so many times when people talk about land, uh, they're thinking about it at a head level, quoting facts and statistics and this legal argument and so on. And on the other times, it's so emotive uh, that people switch off when listening to this big topic. We can think about a number of politicians promoting their views. How do we integrate our faith with this rich, hot topic in Cape Town today. Uh, and so part of the series is interviewing people and their experiences of living in Cape Town. We know we can't interview everybody and every story and uh, situation is unique. And so we're not trying to summarize people's lives into a few moments, but instead reveal and unveil people's experiences that we can listen in, learn and grow our empathy towards this big topic. And so today we have Lokolo Kentani in our studios. Welcome Lex. Uh, yeah, yeah, bro, that was such a phenomenal intro. Thanks, I'm like, uh, you could just speak. Uh, just, 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 just preach to me, my brother. Come on. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll preach at you, but we might get to some scriptures. We might get to Come some heart to heart. Lex, I so appreciate our friendship together. We've had some tough conversations grappling with what it's like living in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, I have the advantage of knowing you for several years, but our listeners might not know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. What are you up to? What keeps you busy? Yeah, I got five kids, two wives. <laughs> um, we may you know, need like to edit that, that out. That's the normal church intro. Hey, my name is da 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 da. That's my lovely wife and my five kids. Everybody with the picture goes, up of your wife, with right? With the picture yeah, up, yeah. right? Yeah. So unfortunately, not. Uh, unfortunately, probably. Um, but yeah, I kind of love Jesus. I'm involved in the the creative sort of space, the music space and love the local church so i've kind of given myself to to loving god loving people and using the gifts and the talents um, and the lack thereof to glorify him beautiful and you didn't grow up in cape town where did you grow up when yeah, how long yeah. have you been in the city i've been here about five uh, probably six years i came here to try study uh, i was meant to go study in johannesburg my dad kind of gets this prophetic word that i need to come to cape town i was like you're crazy you go and do that to me and then I came to Cape Town, and uh, I've stayed ever since. So, it's beautiful. some beautiful orchestration right there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So God's been working. So, so I've been here, and I've been yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've been here for a couple of years. Brilliant. Eh? Uh, I grew up in Cape Town my whole life, uh, and being a white male in Cape Town. Only two people have been. I've, there's two people I've heard who've ever said that. Really? That's cool. Who's yeah. the other one? I forgot. But there's only two people. It's just like, I've, yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's such a minority. I'm like, I, I can't imagine there's still people who live and stay here. But you see, I was reading some stuff. You know, some of it even reached newspaper headline status that people moving from other parts of South Africa come to Cape Town yeah. and people of color, their experience of Cape Town is so difficult that they end up relocating back home, wherever home yeah, yeah, happens yeah, yeah. to be. Yeah. And as I say, as a, as a white male South African having grown up in Cape Town, yeah. this is just the air I breathe. This is mm. where I live. Like, mm. like it's the, as a fish, the, the water that I swim in. Um, so I, I find it difficult to understand people's experience because this is yeah. all I know. So help me dial in it what makes it so difficult for people of color to live in Cape Town. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super hard 
And it isn't unique to Cape Town. I, I, I think it's unique to the normal human experience. We all grow up in a specific society with specific rules, uh, with specific prejudices, and, um, and so we all kind of get into this sort of a bubble, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Based on the city you're from, based on the culture in that city or the subsection within that city, and we all kind of get socialized and seeing things from a specific lens. Um, so I think that the struggle is always that. I think coming to Cape Town, it's, 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 you find that people over-glorify their place. They, um, it's so different to, to what I grew up with culturally. Even though like, I was blessed and privileged enough to go to school with white people, I found the white people in Cape Town were totally different to the ones I, I went to school with in some ways because Cape Town has a specific and its own culture. And so I think with the problem with, you know, the big problem with Cape Town and not just Cape Town or the rest of the country is something I've, I've developed. It's, even though space is such a big thing, um, it's actually uh, what are the biggest influences in our lives? Because even if somebody goes to a, a multiracial school, somebody works with people of color, they still go to places of influence, sometimes church, sometimes sports group, their closest friends, all identify with their sort of main identification. This is how we see things. This is what we do. This is how we speak. This is the music we listen to. And we don't come out of those bubbles, unfortunately. Even if you're kind of in a space where there's kind of, it's a beautiful kind of everybody, fruit salad of everyone. But then all the, all the main places of influence speak into your prejudices, speak into your culture and to your sort of way of doing and seeing things. I think that's the big, big problem of not just Cape Town, but of something I've found across the country. There's a lot to process. I mean, changes and opportunities that come up based on uh, a new city. I remember reading someone saying they came from Joburg to Cape Town. Like, I don't want to go wine tasting on some wine farm in this beautiful estate. That's not, that's not just what I've experienced. And yeah, so yeah. what the in crowd does, maybe to use that language, is very niche and specific in Cape Town. You go and hike up the mountain, you stare at the mountain, you go yeah. drink, uh, have high tea at this particular place, you go stand up paddle boarding in many ways, just outside of the experience of many South Africans. And it can be exclusive. If you don't do that, then you're not hip, you're not yeah, cool. Yeah, you're, not, you're not cool enough. Not cool enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I saw on social media recently you posted something, an experience that you had mm. in Cape Town that I'd, I'd love you to unpack and share what happened, what, what was going on that you experienced here in Cape Town. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll briefly share, but before I briefly share, I just want to say I posted it so that we could have conversations like these because that situation and scenario is not unique. It's not different to people of color. And it's probably something, something that has happened to me many times. And it hasn't just happened outside. It's actually happened in church most of the time, um, you know, where you kind of people judge you based on your color. It's happened to me in church so many times. But this one specific evening, uh, we were going to go visit our friend in uh, Breckenfell. And uh, there's a white lady that we went to go pick up, a friend of ours. Um, we're going to our friends who are black. She was going to be the only white person. So anyway, we drive into... Uh, a suburb, a specific suburb in Cape Town. As we get into that suburb in Cape Town, it's probably like half past six. So it's a bit, there's some light, but it's a bit dark. Um, so anyway, we park the car, and then the next door neighbor kind of is, is looking at us. So we're like, okay, this car's been behind us for about two minutes. Okay, it's five, okay. 
It's 10 minutes, okay. And then he shines his brights. And so we're like, okay. Uh, something fishy out here. So now we kind of just say, okay, cool, yeah, this guy's suspicious. And then we're like, okay, whatever, let's see what he does. So he takes his car from the back, kind of looks at us for a couple of seconds, and then kind of parks his car right in the middle of the road. So I'm like, okay, he thinks we're going to run away. Uh, but let's, let, let's see what he says, you know. Um, obviously, we're a bit tense, we're kind of, and we're just kind of laughing about it. Fine. Um, he's, he's, he kind of stands there for 10 minutes, and um, then he kind of pulls out his dogs. Okay, fine. As he pulls out his dogs, the police arrive. So I'm realizing, okay, probably by the time he kind of drove from the back and shining his brights and coming into the middle of the road, he decided, let me call the police so that these guys don't run away, so that they kind of found out. Um, so fine. Anyway, the police get there. As the police, immediately, as the police get there, they go to him. His dogs are out barking. Um, a white lady friend comes out. She's just showered. Um, and so, <laughs> so it's like this weird thing. Police arrived. This guy gets out of his car. First time he's out of the car. Probably feeling safe enough to get out the car, even if his dog's out. She comes out. And as she comes out, he basically, I roll down my window. He basically tells the police, oh, no, sorry, everything's fine. So, uh, so any of the police are like, okay, are you sure everything is fine? He says, yeah, no, everything's fine. Da, 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 da. Shame my white friend comes in and she's like, oh, snap, like, what's happening? I'm like, no, nah, don't worry. Let's get out. We need to go. We need to go to our friends in Brankenfeld. They're waiting for us. It's, I mean, it's a 30-minute drive. And so, so, so basically that's what happened, you know? So it was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, snap, like, like, yeah, this, this, this guy was probably thinking some stuff he probably shouldn't be thinking. Um, and that experience is not an experience that is like, it happens all the time. Mm. Yeah, it happens all the time. So yeah, that's what happened. And, and what's going on in your heart? What's the conversation in the car as, as you, you start connecting the dots of this person behind us, you're saying you, this person's suspicious. What's going on inside your heart? I think what generally happens to people of color, black people, when this type of stuff happens, Rich, is that you become, you become so numb to it. You're kind of like, oh, no, it happens all the time. Yeah, whatever. You know, she's apologizing in the car. She's feeling bad because she's realizing this. We didn't, we didn't explain this nation, but she, she put the dots together. She's like, okay, snap. Da, da, da. So she's apologizing in the car. Sorry, friends. Da, 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 da. You're kind of like, no, man, don't worry. This thing happens all the time. Um... Which I don't think is, is a very good response because then we normalize the mm. situation and the scenario mm. and we don't actually face the trauma that comes with this kind of thing of you seen as a criminal. Yeah. You haven't done anything wrong, you haven't said anything, but because of my skin color, I'm seen as a criminal. Mm. So, so much so that I'm going to be called the police and the dogs are out yeah. in case I want to run out, either get out the car or drive. Yeah. So he's blocked me and he's taken out the end in the police. So you kind of, you seen, you kind of feel like, Am I, am I a good enough human? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So the kind of conversation in the car is that us and the guys, we laugh. Mm. It's like, oh man, these, these people don't get it. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you have to quickly stop being cynical in that mm. time, in that moment. You yeah. have to really stop being cynical, but it's so hard yeah. when it happens so often. You kind of, you, 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 you don't want to be like, yeah, you, you don't want to throw blanket statements, but that's mm. what happens at that time. Because yeah. You, that's your experience. You know, it's a, 
It's, it's such a tragic story because the, the person's mm. already prejudicial. He's prejudging you. Uh, but it's also accompanied with the threat of violence. Yeah. Uh, and it's motivated not just, oh, those kind of people, there's a, what I'm assuming, a fear. Uh, and perhaps he, I'm, I'm assuming perhaps he's suspicious because there's been crime in the area and he's For looking, sure. I'm going to be the hero here and I'm going to call the cops and I'm going to prevent crime from happening. Yeah. Wow. Does that justify what he does? I mean, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure in his mind he was doing everything right to protect him, protect his neighborhood, protect his kind. Mm. Uh, I mean, w is that ever okay to prejudge people like that? Yeah, I mean, South Africa is a very weird space and environment because uh, it kind of comes into, a, into a, the position of if that was rich in the car, with three of his white friends, would that happen? Okay, so the minor ones is no. Why? Because we have, raci we have racialized spaces. Right. Meaning in that person's mind, there's no reason why a black person should be in that specific suburb at that specific time. Mm. And if they are, the only thing they're good at is to rob, wow. to steal, and to take. Yeah. So actually what you're finding here is that this person has no understanding of humans at all. <laughs> His categories is good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad. Good and bad. Good and bad. Even if this person has faced trauma, mm. even, this, even if this person, person has faced um, attack or robbery mm. in, uh, in his community, because what would happen if I was staying in that suburb and there was a black person there? How would a black person responded right right would they have responded the exact same way as a white person why and why not mm. i think these are conversations we should be having yeah because in that person's mind sadly um he's racialized that place yeah he's racialized that th that specific suburb yeah you understand um so i think those are stuff that we really need to look into and it really shows the state of his heart mm. Um, it really shows the state of his heart where he sees things as black and white, uh, love and hate, uh, wrong or right. Yeah. Um, which I think is something that is extremely problematic and no person should ever get into that, mm. into that, in, into that space. But unfortunately, a lot of our people are in that space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this reminds me of when I, uh, you know, I get these emails from the Neighborhood Watch and yeah. they describe what crimes have happened, who's been arrested and any suspicious persons that are in the neighborhood and what scams to look out for and so on. Um, but you know what? In those emails, they have code words for what race the person is. So B means B or Bravo means black and C or Charlie means colored. Yeah, Almost yeah. like they know they shouldn't be racially profiling people, yeah. but they still have to put that information yeah, out yeah. there. And it just keeps reinforcing this messaging of the people you need to be suspicious of yeah. are different to you. Yeah. Big time. Uh, and seeing w one of these on response companies, uh, in, in essence, stopping someone who's walking down the road with a bag on their back uh, and stopping them and saying, we need to search your bag. N not the police, an armed response. And the only thing I can think of is that someone saw this person walking down the street, called the armed response and said, there's someone yeah. suspicious mm. in my neighborhood. Mm. Um, uh, can you speak to that for us? Yeah. You, I think, you know, Rich, the difficulty is um, when it comes to racial profiling, it's them, it's, it's, it's them, theirs, um, ours. Uh, 
I think it's extremely problematic um, because it shows the the depth and the level of our relationship and our understanding of each other. Because sometimes we could even have relationships across ethnic lines, but we don't understand each other. Mm. And so then when we don't understand each other, it's easy for us to call each other that. And not just to say that as much as white people do it, black people do it as well. Mm. Um, and it, it's, it's always from lack of understanding. Mm. And when it comes to even uh, the arm response, we, we need to understand and know that arm response, most of the time, the people are black. Mm. Um, and uh, arm's response only happens in predominantly white suburbs. Yeah. Um, but it's always a black security guard. Yeah. Um, it's always fascinating that the white people would, would trust the black security guard. <laughs> because most of the time, they're not trusting the black security guard. They trust the system. Yeah. That white, that black security guard works for possibly a white company or white boss. Mm. And that white boss is telling, um, you know, uh, the black security guard who works for, 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 for the specific arm response, look out for these type of people. Yeah. Look out for these type of things. And most of the time, those type of people and quote-unquote things are black people. Mm. Um, coming in either in, in large numbers, coming in in a specific car or specific cars, yeah. or coming in wearing specific things. Mm. Um, and sadly and unfortunately, what happens is that black person is taught how to view and see black people yeah. only as criminals. Mm. Now, I don't want to like undermine crime mm. you know um but i think we we crime is something uh, that happens especially in, in in other countries you know that sometimes some some crime isn't done by black people mm. but we've racialized crime yeah unfortunately we've racialized crime and i think that's an issue we need to interrogate that mm. like we need to really walk with our people, white people and black people, and really interrogate where do we get these racial stereotypes from? Yeah. And, and, and where does it come from? Mm. Who's taught us this? Yeah. Why do they teach us this? Mm. And why are we allowing these systems and these thinkings to still continue? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, the, it, you kind of get the picture that in certain parts of Cape Town, there's these no entry signs yeah. um, for people of different uh, ethnic groups. Uh, I was thinking of uh, a time last year, I was lecturing in Philippi, where naturally I was a, a minority, a white person in a typically black area. And I was driving home the long way through the R310 along the coastal road, and I was really thirsty. So I pulled into one of these OK shops in Strandfontein uh, to get a cool drink. And uh, about eight to 10 people in the shop there, being in Strandfontein, predominantly a colored area, and just finding it a, a, a fascinating experience where everybody, it felt like everybody in the store was staring at me. Come on. And uh, I, I kind of smiled internally because I'm going, this is out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what I realized was that it was a curiosity, not a prejudice or a fear. Mm. They're saying, this is out of the ordinary. Mm. There's, there's, mm. there's a white person buying a cool drink in the shop in Stratford. Yeah, this, yeah. this is not typical. It's not wrong. Um, but I didn't experience a no entry sign above the door. I didn't experience someone calling the cops, calling the armed response, bringing out their dogs uh, out of the response of fear. It was just this yeah. recognition. Hey, this is not typical. In Cape Town, this is not typical. Um, and I just got reflecting. I'm like, I'm so used to that. If I'm a minority, I'm not viewed with suspicion yes. or fear. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah, are yeah. some of the other? Oh, oh, I'll just think of another example. In recent times, Clifton Beach was in the spotlight of mm. saying, oh, people of color can't be there after a certain time. And that's just mm. a hugely politicized thing as well. But essentially, they have been put up a, a no entry sign for a portion of our population saying, you're not welcome here. 
Can you speak to that a little bit? As a person of color, what are the no entry signs that you yeah. experience or witness your friends experiencing? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, in terms of your experience in, in Strandfontein, it would be very fascinating to see if we had turned the tables around. Mm. Let's say they were suspicious and they called the cops on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would that look like? And you know why we're laughing? Yeah. Because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not going to happen. So I think it's very fascinating. And I think we really need to interrogate and to look at uh, no entry signs. Mm. Um, and look at no entry signs in our churches. Look mm. at no entry signs in our communities. For me as a, as, as, as a, as a black person, I find there's no entry signs all over. Mm. I live a very weird life because I find that I'm not welcomed in so many spaces. Mm. I feel uh, there's no entry signs uh, when I get to um, uh, when I get to church. Mm. They, because I find that people are, are becoming too friendly mm. or they're asking very weird questions. They yeah. shouldn't be asking two seconds after they've met me. Mm. Um, I, I, are you lost? Can I? You know, you're like, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just came to church. Uh, can't I? Uh, should I go to another one? Um, and they're they, they doing it because they don't know what else to say. Mm. You know, you'd get to a, a restaurant, mm. né? especially the more nicer, affluent ones down the road, you would find that you feel extremely not welcome. Mm. You know, the, the, the waiters themselves don't know if they should come to you. They're like, those are three black guys. Mm. They probably don't have money. Mm. I don't know if I want to be a waiter. I don't. I, I don't know if I want to be. I, yeah. I want to be the waiter because yeah, yeah. I'm probably not gonna get Didn't a nice, talk. fat, <laughs> big tip. Um, and so you always feel like, why am I getting uh, subpar service? Mm. You know, what if I do tip? Yeah. Um, and so, but you find there's, there's no entry signs. I, I we, we recently went to a shop and we went to a, 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 a specific clothing shop and there were white people and black people and we had some bags on our back. And as we went out, we mm. were searched. Like, we, we didn't even buy anything. We were mm. there for like five minutes. I was there looking for something and we were searched. Mm. There's nothing I hate like that. Yeah. And then I went to, into another shop and they said we should put our bags on the side there. And uh, I said, you know what, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Mm. Let's, let's not even get into the shop because um, we are suspicious. Yeah. Just my, my, my color makes me suspicious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so we, 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 we kind of living in those worlds where we never, feel, we never feel safe enough. Even if I go to a predominantly black space, you sometimes also don't feel safe enough. Yeah. Not because um, you know they they you, you're gonna be racialized, but because of your affluence. Mm. Sometimes people know where you're from. Sometimes people know who you know. So uh, they you sometimes over celebrated. Sometimes people target you sure. specifically. Wow. Um, so people uh, put you on the side because you're not part of them. You you don't know them, and they struggle well enough because you've kind of made it. Yeah. So you always get these feelings that even if wherever you are, mm. you always have to kind of build bridges in yeah. five seconds yeah. <laughs> it's like okay wow. l l lord help me how to build a bridge in five seconds right here so we're kind of always living in this no entry space yes this no entry space yeah mm. uh, and some people at this point might be wondering what has this podcast got to do with land mm. and the, the reality is that land and space are so closely linked Big time. you know some people say hey the laws of apartheid are gone people of color can move into any suburb they wish if they can afford it so why don't they come and you're helping us understand that even though the laws allow people to 
move into different areas, the way people are treated and seen uh, and trusted or not trusted Even, sends a stronger yeah. message that yeah. actually legally allowed to live here. But I mean, I put myself in your shoes. Would you want to live next door to the, you know, in the story earlier, the, the person that you picked up, the girl that you picked up, would you want to live next door to that person who would forever see you as being untrustworthy or suspicious? Yeah. And so this topic of land and space are so intricately intertwined. Um, then in some ways I can feel a little bit of despair. Mm. Like where is the hope gonna come from? Mm. Will I always be seen as a curiosity in Strandfontein and a yeah. visitor in Gugoletu? Yeah. Will you always be seen in that way, in that shopping center or in yeah. that mall? Yeah. Um, so what hope do you have? What's kind of, if you think about your faith in Christ, what do you cling to? What do you hold to? What do you profess? And how do you, in many ways, preach to your own heart um, yeah. as yeah. a person of color in this reality in South Africa? Yeah. Well, I have to tell myself that it will. Uh, I have to remind myself that it's not going to get better, um, <laughs> and I say that not to be in despair, but I think I say that to challenge myself to live in the complexity of South Africa. Wow, <laughs> you know, sometimes we we try to be so like amazingly so like so spiritual, and then we become uh, not active participants in this country. Mm. We end up uh, being in specific. Um, subsections or specific groups uh, and so I think I tell myself it's not because if I don't particularly engage mm. daily and consistently with people that are different from me mm. understanding my privilege I was explaining my privilege to you um, that it won't get better yeah. uh, and so I think it gets better the moment I'm, I'm, I'm in the yak mm. it gets better when I'm getting my feet dirty mm. because what why I'm learning more about God mm. <laughs> I'm relying more on God. See, when I'm with people that are like me, that think like me, it's it's more kumbaya. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's nice. It's yeah. beautiful. It's kumbaya. But now when I'm in the trenches and people are saying stuff I don't understand, mm. people are, um, are referring to specific things I do not know. Mm. It makes me tap into something about God that I've never been able to tap to before. Yeah. It opens my world and opens my heart and my mind to something mm. more. Mm. And that's what I want. I, yeah. I, I want to know God more. I, I want to know and I know God more as I know his people more. Yeah. Because <laughs> God reveals himself ultimately through his people. Mm. Mm. Different people. Yeah. In different sectors. So now I'm interested in stuff I've never been interested in because mm. I'm interested in the people. Yeah. And so I think what gives me hope is that as I pursue God I want to pursue what he loves the most, which is his people. Yeah. And so as I pursue people, as I learn from people and engage with people, it draws me closer to God. And I'm mm. like, God, you, you are in the business of redeeming and working. And um, even though sometimes it's not as nice as I want it to be, you are working. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I really want to be in touch with, with people because it, 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 it really helps me understand God yeah. as I seek God mm. myself mm. on a daily. So that's what gives me hope. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's going to get more complex and tough yeah. for, for us uh, because uh, money gets, uh, you know, with class and with money and, and, and with stuff. So I think we need to, I need to make a conscious decision that I'm going to leave my privilege, leave my affluence, and I'm going to learn from people that are different from me. Mm. Racially, yeah. class, and especially people that are poor. Yeah. Because I really believe that God is there because God is poor. Yeah. So I really believe. Yeah. And I love, th I love that encouragement because... We often think, hey, the early church had it all together. And we think they had, you know, they were the model of everything that the way things come should on, be, right? Come on, come on. 
But when we read the epistles, we see some of the, the, mess, and the, the yeah. mess and the drama yeah. that was going on as it related to class, as it re related to ethnicity. Imagine, bro, we had some of that mess and that yuck in our spaces of community yeah. and in our church circles. And that space of yuck comes out mm. when you were engaging. Yeah. That yuck doesn't come out yeah. when you're kind of in your sub-circles. Yeah. And so I think I'd rather have us engage in the yuck mm. and in the mess yeah. and the dirtiness. Yeah. Let's see where the state of our hearts are because yeah, yeah. that's when then God will really help us. Yeah. And we could be a model for people that don't know this Jesus. Yes. Uh, and, and hopefully they could see this beautiful Jesus in us. As we as we embrace the yuckiness of it, yeah. I really think this also this stuff is is, is is probably our biggest apologetics in in mm. in, in Africa and in yeah. South Africa. Most importantly, yeah. as we engage and as we think about these issues, yeah, yeah. What does life look like under King Jesus? Yeah, you know, what does a surrendered life look like? Yeah, show um, me the kingdom of God. Yeah. Is it really upside down? Yeah, yeah. Is it the rich chilling with the rich, the affluent chilling with the affluent? Is, is it sanitary it and everything's clean and working perfectly? Come on, <laughs> you know, can you really live and stay in a shack? Could you come visit me consistently and continually? Mm. Learn my language and learn my name. Could you dance and learn how to dance, even though you're horrible at it? Mm. Could you try? Right. Could you affirm my humanity? Because oh, when I come beautiful. to your places, I slide in yeah. and slide out, and I already know how to do it. Mm. But you come you're in. You're conversant in both worlds. Yeah, you come in, and you're like, oh, it's too hard. Don't forgive me. It's fine, I'm white. I'll just ask for grace. Yeah, ask for <laughs> grace. And I'm like, no, affirm my humanity. Yeah. Affirm that I'm human enough, yeah. so much so that you could learn. Mm. Mm. I'm thinking of Acts chapter 10, when God reveals himself to Peter to get him to view God's church as bigger than simply just uh, the Jewish people and how he sends him to go uh, to Cornelius and open his uh, go into the home of a Gentile which as a Jew he wasn't allowed to sure sure and and just when you unpack it he had to travel probably about three days journey with Gentiles that was forbidden and you get there and it talks about how he stood on the threshold and looked into the house before where they were all gathered waiting for the word of God God had prepared mm. them mm. and he was as a Jew not allowed to go in there all these cultural barriers that he had to go through sure, sure. and just the incredible way that God moved when someone was obedient to move towards the complexity yeah. it's so much simpler to stay in your own circles yeah. and just how God's church was blessed through that Peter didn't always keep getting it right he had yeah. to be confronted that he kind of went back to his mm. old ways of thinking and mm. Paul had to confront him um, about behaving one way in what some in front of some people and another way in front of others yeah. Yeah. but I just love that record of the early church grappling with this um, that we in the 21st century in Cape Town or in South Africa as a whole we've got some grappling to do yeah there's no simple answers. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I look across Cape Town and I look at a map of how divided our city still is. Mm, mm. And I look at the power of the gospel, the motivation of the gospel and the hope of the gospel as the source of moving us towards each other yeah. um, and embracing each other. Not, not in a, uh, as you said, not in a kumbaya kind of way, yeah, 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 but yeah. in that mess of like, oh, I don't actually know what I need to do. I, yeah. need, to, I need to move towards this yeah. in its difficulty, in its complexity. Um, but I think we've preached a very comfortable gospel. Sometimes we run away from a, an extreme gospel, which is sometimes like the prosperity gospel, but we've actually come into a very normal, comfortable, beautiful gospel. Mm. Just you and Jesus. Yeah. Like yeah. Just come to you and Jesus. And maybe yeah. come to something on a Wednesday. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, if maybe. If you have time. Like, we'll provide some supper and, like, we'll talk about the Bible. Like, that's all. Yeah. And then I'll meet you on a Sunday. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's entirely it. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know where you got that model from. <laughs> that's not what I'm seeing in the text. <laughs> yeah. 
you know it's it's and even when that happens it's people i'm having supper with people that are my friends that probably have, have the same education as yeah. me and i don't see it as a problem mm. i'm saying no the reason why the bible is what it is and and, the, and 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 the reason why the new testament is how it is is because people were so different yeah sins are different um class lines are different mm-hmm. and racial lines were different jews and gentiles yeah and and the moment we we really try follow jesus like sometimes we try politicize these things mm. i'm saying like actually as we follow jesus and and if he's really king of everything i think we want to follow the king and follow everything that the king is doing and mm. the king is not just king over my specific clan yeah my specific thing he's mm. king over everything yeah and so lord show me more show mm. me what show me mission yeah let's let's be different yeah let's let's engage with your word let's engage with all the stuff but sh- there's, there's there's more mm. um over then uh, singing a couple of songs and listening to a 30 minute sermon and then coming and chatting about it quickly on a yeah, wednesday yeah. and don't forget the coffee the beautiful <laughs> coffee the beautiful <laughs> coffee um and i think jesus calls us into that uncomfortableness mm. that uncomfortableness where he speaks about his disciples he says yo live that fish I'll, i'll call you to be fishers of men yeah and as we fishers of men because i really want to prioritize mission in this mm. as we are fishers of men don't fish um to the people that are just like you mm. like beautiful don't, don't, like yes I've, i've 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 blessed you with skills and the talents mm. and with the history but don't just fish yeah. with where you're familiar yeah go further go mm. more because why god is bringing his kingdom on earth yeah and if he is he's bringing it in the darkest yeah he's bringing it in the most scary and he's bringing it with so much more different than mm. where you are from yeah um if we prioritize mission i think that happens when we prioritize god and what mm. he's wanting to do in cape town yeah wanting to do in the world yeah um as long as we we follow king jesus mm. and we follow him with everything that we have yeah over than trying to be politically right mm. and trying to do things right. Yeah. I like politics. Love it. Uh, but I want to I want to love God more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to follow God more. Yeah. And 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 when my politics is not in line with God, I I have to, you know, dismantle that and say yeah. I'm I'm going to follow God. Mm. God calls me into this. Yeah. You know, like people selling everything they had for the betterment of other people. Mm people limiting what they had so other people can yeah. benefit. Mm. Wow, bro. Sure. And that is across ethnic lines yep. and class lines. Mm. <laughs> Following Jesus isn't like just okay. This one is only for like historically people for pe- people who have been historically blessed. Mm. And this one is for you. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's for everyone. Beautiful. Um as we follow King Jesus, yeah. but we we've got benefits we've got systems and we've got structures let's let's dismantle that for the glory of god mm. yeah that's beautiful like thank you and uh, you know when i'm listening to you i hear just this 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 call for this purpose of mission and kingdom mm. that we bust down the walls that separate us yeah you know that we we explore and examine with with sober mindedness the no entry signs that we put up in our own lives mm. in our own you know our own front door who's welcome in my house who yeah. who's around my dinner table that we actively move towards others yeah. um and that we utilize the space that we're in the location that we have whether it is the square meterage of a property that we're living on yeah. or it's the sphere of influence as you called it earlier the sphere that we have in our workplace in our church space yeah. in our neighborhood club whatever it happens to be mm. how are we 
living under the kingship of Jesus, yeah. how we, how is, what is our automatic thoughts about those people, in inverted mm. commas? Mm. What is our automatic thoughts? What would God have us believe and see in that person or those people uh, that needs to change in the way we talk about them, we talk to them and approach them? Yeah. Um, so I know we've, we've wandered a bit through a range of fantastic topics, yeah. and it feels like we've just scratched Sorry, the surface. Bro. No, Sorry. no, no. I feel like there's another, <laughs> I feel like there's another podcast coming yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. where we get to just, just chat. Um, and, but I find and it so more. connected, Rich. This thing of space and this thing of land is so connected. Mm. it's so connected and the reason why we struggle with it is because we've always seen God and we've seen the Bible through a specific lens mm, mm. always seen God and through the Bible through a specific lens and I think we need to come to terms that we've seen it through a specific lens most of the time coming not from an African perspective right how we view things how we view not just land but how we view marriage how we view justice mm. has always come from a specific lens yes let's try actually just be as biblical as we possibly can right and follow God if God is king over my money mm. how much of it is coming to me mm. if god is king of my land mm. I'm a, if god is king of this country yeah how can i say that about a specific person if god is king yeah and if god is king that means he has created everything and he rules everything yeah nothing belongs to mine you know what i'm saying nothing is mine mm. um and so it's okay for me to seem different it's okay for me to not be accepted I'm accepted by King Jesus. Yes. I'm loved by King yeah. Jesus. Mm. Um, but we, 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 we unfortunately sometimes don't see it through that. Yeah. There's such a huge and a big disconnect. Rich is a social justice person. Mm. He's got it all figured out. I'll just go to him. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like social justice and all this stuff shouldn't actually, actually be a thing, but it has been a thing because of how we've been historically. Right. This should be a normal discipleship journey. Yeah. Our discipleship journey, I work with students and young adults. It's just like, okay, cool. Like, how much... Are you how you know how lustful are you? Mm. And it, like that's there. It's like mm. yeah, I went out last night. I'm like you know, and I did that, 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 and actually doesn't come into the the real thing. Like yeah. how are you using your your money, mm. uh, your privilege as a man, yeah, your 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 power and your authority. Wow, <laughs> how are you processing and thinking of that? Yeah. We don't think about that. We only think about like the surface level stuff, mm. you know. And when we repent to our friends, we only repent about the surface level stuff. But we actually don't get into the fact that God is king; He's ruling, and He must rule. Yeah. And where He isn't ruling, that's an idol. Yeah. And God must break that, no matter even if other people are not saying it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I can go on. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I, I, I so appreciate you sharing your heart today and sharing uh, your experience. It's not a, um, I don't take that lightly as a, as a, someone you, you said you laughed it off, but in many ways it's painful. It's, trauma and, it's traumatizing. And yeah. So every, when I thought about it this morning, I was, I was, I was it's, it's not nice mm. because mm. it's kind of recalling that thing yeah. all over again. But I think sometimes God takes us through these things for the sake of healing for other people. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I need to run to God, not to a system. Mm. I need to run to God, not to a thing, not to anyone. Wow. And as he does that, he affirms that my blackness, I'm black, I'm beautiful, mm. I'm good enough. Yeah. Even if other people don't see it, but God sees it. Yes. He's made me who I am. I'm not a mistake. If if other people see it, it's their problem. Mm. And I need to get my complete affirmation from him. Because if, 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 if I'm losing it because of other people, then I'm going to praise people. Yes. But I want to hear it from God. Yeah. Uh, but I need to do that consistently because I've been raised not to see myself as good enough, as strong enough, wow. as intelligent enough, as mm. spiritual enough. And so I need to actually just be like, yo, yo, fam, come 
Wow. <laughs> the good Lord Almighty, you That's know, right. is good and he's made me good. Yeah. You know, um, as I follow him, he's, he's taking out stuff. He's taking out some weeds, <laughs> too much of it. Um, uh, but I am, I am, I'm, I'm his son yeah. of whom he loves. That's beautiful. Whom he died for. Yeah. We should keep going, shouldn't we? We should. But Lex, again, thank you for sharing your story and, and, and helping us understand some of the reality of what, it lo- what it's like to live in Cape Town. As I yeah. say, this has been my only experience of a city mm-hmm. growing up in, and I'm perpetually learning what other people's, experience, other people's experience are informing and shaping the way I relate um, and talk to people and, and ask their stories. And so to you, the listener, I encourage you, who can you be talking to to ask their experience of living in Cape Town? Yeah. Um, and from all different walks and backgrounds, uh, don't allow this to be the only story that shapes your view of the city and of space and of land. Uh, encourage you, start conversations with people who can tell you the truth and not feel like they have to soften it for you uh, and start a two-way conversation and an ongoing conversation, not just a once off uh, story, uh, but something that you can grapple with and engage with. Uh, and through this, love Jesus better, follow him better, and glorify him in the city into which he's placed you. That's it from us today. I trust you've enjoyed this podcast. Continue to listen, subscribe, uh, and uh, follow our resource page on our website on commongood.org.za. Chat to you soon. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel, Living Social Justice, on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can also find more resources on our website, commongood.org.za including our Justice Journey courses, devotional content, and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now.